Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Hey, it's Ryan from The Prolific Creator, where we talk about life and art and see what sticks. And hello, my friends. I am so glad to be back in action. And today we have a new guest, Mary Adkins is on the show, and you are going to love my conversation with Mary Adkins, and I will get to that in just a second. So good to be back with you. I took a few weeks off, had a little family vacay, and I don't know about you, but sometimes you just need to shut it down, and we shut it down real, real good. Uh, We went up to north, went up to north, is that a thing? Went north where the weather is cool and there is no humidity. And I live in the Midwest where the humidity is strong and vile and violent. And so we headed north, went to Lake Michigan, got in the ocean, and I'd like to go on record, folks. If you know anything about me, I grew up on the coasts of California, Southern California, if you will. And I used to surf. And my wife said, honey, you have not surfed in years, which is a true statement. Why? Because I live in the Midwest and you don't surf in the Midwest until you go to Wisconsin. It's called the Malibu of the Midwest. And guess what? My wife challenged me. She pushed me. She mocked me and said, honey, you cannot surf in the Malibu of the Midwest in Lake Michigan. I said, oh yeah, if they have waves, I will surf. And guess what, my friends? I got up on a surfboard, actually a paddleboard, and surfed Lake Michigan possible. The waves are small, at least in the summer. And it was awesome. So not bragging, but it was pretty cool. I surfed Lake Michigan a few weeks ago and it was really good for my soul. And my kids loved it and I taught them how to surf and we had a lot of fun. So that has nothing to do with my conversation with Mary Adkins, but it's part of my life. And I hope you are finding the rest you need. I hope you're finding vacations. If you are a creator, a maker, thinking about writing, thinking about publishing, thinking about making things, building things, you're building a company, you're building a nonprofit, whatever you're doing. Uh, I hope this interview, this conversation with Mary Atkins will be helpful. And here's why, because she used to be a lawyer 
and transitioned out of being a lawyer to help people write and help people create. And it's a great conversation on using the skills that you have, even skills that you didn't know would be applicable to creation and other forms of work. And so you're going to hear a lot of that in Mary's story. And so I hope you you love this. And she also talks about understanding our personalities. And she uses the Enneagram. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, you can Google it. Um, But understanding who we are and understanding how we're wired and how that does shape how we create and how we discipline ourselves. And, and, you know, if we're more uh, spontaneous or we're more outlined or uh, we need a plan or we just kind of go with the flow. And so she has some great insights and just understanding yourself uh, to, to create better and more work and get the work done that you feel called to do, whether that's writing a book, whether that's paint on canvas, whether that's dancing, whether that's film, whether that's starting a business or a nonprofit, whatever it is. Uh, so hopefully you'll find this interesting. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Mary Adkins. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prolific Creator Podcast. Uh, so thankful today to have Mary Adkins on the show. And uh, Mary, why don't you say hello? Uh, tell us one thing that only your closest friends or family know about you. Uh, hi. I immediately, <laughs> I forgot to say hi because I, I, I immediately off. started <laughs> thinking of like what my thing is. Um, I, uh, well, okay. I had totaled two cars before I was 18. That's a Ooh. pretty, that's a pretty embarrassing one. Mm. I was. I went straight for the embarrassing ones. And that's the one that. Nice. Yeah. I, I had yeah. a friend, actually, uh, uh, it was a girl who was in my high school class. Um, I had a similar story and it was like, you know, oh, how many accents do you have this week? So anyway, uh, well, hey, I'm glad yeah. you're okay. And you made it through. So we're here. Uh, you're alive <laughs> and well. And uh, I, I was telling Mary, uh, I was really looking forward to talking to her because uh, I think she has a really interesting story and uh, and, and a story. And I, I think I have to start here because this is kind of what interests me was you were a lawyer or pursuing law. And then you kind of just chucked all of that and said, I'm going to go write novels and be creative and help people be creative. So I got to hear kind of how, how that, uh, how that story began and how, how you got here. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to tell that story. So I, um, I always, well, not, okay. not always when I was in seventh grade, I had a teacher, Miss Chancy. She was my English literature teacher who made me want to be a writer. She really excited me about writing. We, I loved the books I read in her class. I loved the writing. She gave us creative assignments. It was like my first teacher who didn't just make us write papers. She actually like had us write poetry and stories. And I loved it. And I knew I wanted, I knew I wanted to be a writer. Um, but I just got a little bit off path for a bit. <laughs> so I, I went to college. I majored in public policy because I was really, I was really interested in, social justice and, um, government. And I've always, I've always been interested in that in in public policy. So it was a fun major. And then kind of a natural segue from that was law because I I was interested in the law. So I really liked school and I really liked going to school. So it was law school was fun. I, I had, I had a good time there. I liked studying, um, but I think I just never, I didn't know what it was going to be like to be a lawyer until I was actually in the, the office of a lawyer. And I was one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in that moment, um, I mean, it was really early on. It was like my first week at my first law job. It was very obvious to me that it was not a good fit for me. And I, um, I mean, I was in, I, I was in litigation. That's what I had been hired to do, which is, you know, 
antagonistic by nature. It's like fighting. And I don't like confrontation. So it was <laughs> very clearly not a good fit. It was a perfect fit. Um, yeah. <laughs> and when I say that now, I mean, even at the time, people would be like, how did you not see this coming? Like, <laughs> this is like, it's not, this is not an overnight thing. Like this has been, you've been building toward this for years and now, but I, I just, I really didn't see it. I mean, I think I just, I liked, I liked studying the law and I liked being a student. And then once I was in the job, I, I did it. So that was that was kind of a wake up call, and it was also a reminder that really what I wanted to be doing was writing, mm-hmm. and so it it um it wasn't a very difficult decision for me. I mean, the most difficult part was figuring out how I was going to pay my bills if I let if I if I quit my job. And so as soon as I found a tutoring job that paid well enough and, and said they could get me enough clients, enough tutoring clients that I could pay my bills, um, I left. And that that was only seven months into my job. I was only a lawyer for seven months. Um, and I didn't look back. I was very happy to have made that choice. It, I mean, you know, I, I was a lot poorer. I had to move out of my apartment and move to a cheaper apartment, but, but it was just, it was just really worth it because I had time to, I, I wasn't doing something that was a bad fit for one. And I had time to write. Um, so I was, I felt really, I felt really relieved to have found a way to, to make time to be creative. Well, I think your, uh, your story's, uh, very, actually a very common tale. I mean, one, I think, especially in the, the lawyer world, uh, so many people go to law school and realize it's just not for me. And, you know, I like the setting part. I like, you know, the idea of it, but then when I actually get into it, it's kind of, you know, not my, not my thing. Um, yeah. and a lot of jobs are like that. I mean, we all think we, cause we just tell ourselves, we'll, we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. You know, I'll, we'll, we'll make it work. Um, yeah. sometimes you have to kind of, you know, just do it and figure out, okay, yeah, this is not for me. I don't see myself doing this long-term. Um, yeah, so I, I, I love that because, um, I, I'm curious, you know, throughout all of that, I mean, go back to seventh grade, you know, teacher who really inspired you with creativity. And then I think we all kind of do this. We get into high school, you get into college, if you go to college, you know, and it's, it's, there's no creativity. It's, it's about getting grades. It's exact, yeah. it's papers, you know, it's like, no one really encourages that unless you're really in that field. Uh, so what yeah. was kind of the, the journey between those years? Cause that's a lot of years of, I mean, were you writing stories? Cause you know, you've written novels now, like, were you trying to do poetry or anything or was that keeping you alive or was it just like, I just kind of put it all aside and then picked it back up? Yeah, no, I, I was making room for creativity on the side and I would, I mean, um, I was really into actually writing plays. I, I was really into theater. I loved writing plays. Um, when I got to law school, I found out that there was a defunct theater troupe at the law school called the court justers that, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was like a student organization, but that like no one had run for a few years, but that had funding and everything. So I resuscitated it. <laughs> I became the, I became madam president of the court justers because no one else wanted that job. <laughs> um, and we put on, I, 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 uh, encourage my fellow law students to write short plays, 10 minute plays, even if they weren't writers or didn't think of themselves as writers. And a bunch of people wrote short plays. And then we all acted in the plays and we put it on in a theater that we rented out on campus because turns out the court justers had a budget (laughs) (laughs) and um, it was so much fun. So yeah, I mean, I, I was doing things like that um, along the way. I, it's funny. I mean, now I, I've kind of, my identity as a writer has primarily been as a novelist, 
which still is very weird to me because I, I only ever took one fiction class when I was in college and I didn't do very well in it. The teacher didn't really like my fiction writing. And so I, I just left that class thinking, like feeling very discouraged and thinking, well, I'm not, I'm not good at writing fiction. So I just shouldn't even try. And I didn't write it for probably 10 years after that. Um, and then it, the, then it became my career when I finally, you know, but it was that kind of imposter syndrome that just like one person can instill in you if you're, if you're sensitive enough early on or even not early on, you know, I think a lot of times criticism is hard. It, it's hard not to take it really personally, but yeah, but I wasn't writing fiction until, until years later, um, because of that one, that one experience feeling like, oh, this, you know, this one professor doesn't seem to think I'm good at this. So I must just not be, and I'll just never do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a weird, uh, it's like almost like a stigma with fiction. I don't know what it is. It's, it's kind of that like nonfiction serious and matters and, you know, yeah. helps people solve problems, but yeah. fi- fiction is just playtime and we don't have time for that, you know, or poetry yeah. or whatever. And, and I'm starting to see just, I really appreciate a lot of work that's coming out. I mean, r- regardless of the genre, I mean, just really even dealing with like big issues of the day through fiction. Um, Cause yeah. I think there's kind of this backdoor way of getting truth into people's lives and, and challenging them through story because we're all, you know, story creature by you know, creatures by nature. We all tell stories. We start off as little kids. Oh, you don't have to tell them to tell stories. They just do it. I mean, I have four kids yeah. and they're, I mean, telling stories all day long and making things up, but then somewhere along the line, we say, okay, stop doing that. Stop being kids now. Yeah. You know, let's get to the serious stuff. Uh, let's do yeah. math and science and law, you know, um, which all has its place. It's not the, you know, but, but I think there is something we, we lose that kind of uh, narrative piece of us. Cause even, I mean, think of law. I mean, there's uh, you know, just, people's stories and how you tell a story and how you get, you know, things done and, and do cases. I mean, this is, they're all narrative to it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a fascinating, I don't know what it is. I don't have great answers for it, but, um, but yeah, your story resonates with me uh, a lot. Um, now, uh, along these lines, uh, sounds like some of your work, uh, probably because of your story and because of your background as, you know, a lawyer kind of leaving that is, saying, I don't want to fully leave all that behind because there are people like myself who I want to help uh, write. I want to help be creative, help, help find that outlet. And I was thinking about that uh, just recently because I, I, I know a couple of people pretty well that, um, you know, like a doctor who, who's a great jazz pianist, you know, and, and, and yet their day job is a doctor, but then they love playing jazz yeah. or, or a dentist who's a painter, you know, I, I love, it sounds like you're kind of helping a lot of those people like find space so they can write their books or find some creative, creative, creative outlet. So I'd love to hear just kind of your, your journey into that kind of world of saying, okay, I have this part of me. This is what happened to me. Now, how can I help others kind of find space to be creative? Because I know there's so many people out there that kind of go kind of what we've been talking about. Well, there's no time for that. There's no time for, you know, little stories. I mean, I'm, I'm a serious professional. So um, yeah. you know, how, do I, how yeah. do I make space for it? So talk a little about your work in that, that kind of world, helping be, people be creative. Um, cool. Yeah. So I, once I left law, I knew I wanted to, to write, I wanted to published books. I wanted, but I didn't know what kind did I want to write nonfiction? Did I want to write, write fiction? So I took a bunch of writing classes and, um, and it took me six years to, to, to write and, and get a literary agent. And well, it took me six years to get a literary agent. And then it took me even a couple more years after that to sell my novel. Um, but through that experience, I felt like I learned a lot about the writing kind of community and the writing world and how, um, 
what kind of experiences both in classes and with other writers inspired me and made me excited and made me like feel joyous as I was doing it. And what kind of experiences shut me down and made me feel like I had to prove myself or like it wasn't fun anymore. And it was a slog. And I wanted to create the latter for people. I mean, the former for people. So I wanted I wanted to share what I had learned about it being like a joyful process that didn't have to be terrible and didn't have to be full of writer's block and staring at the screen and being miserable and having imposter syndrome. Um, because I found that when I, when I did feel, when I did like find the joy in writing and didn't do it in a way that it was just painful and tedious, my writing was better. Like it was better all around. I had a better time. My writing was better. If I like followed the, the, the playfulness and what interested me and, and, um, and not, and instead of trying to write for other people or what I thought other people wanted me to write. So that, that's really how I got into it. After my first book came out, I thought I'm going to, um, I'm going to just start working with writers. Um, I'm going to put up a, like put up an online shingle and, and start coaching writers who want to write who want to write books. I started with just novels. And now I, I work with people working on novels and memoirs and even, even nonfiction books. But everybody I work with is working on a long-term project like a book. And one thing that I, I kind of think of my, I kind of think of my role. I mean, I think I have a few roles, but one of them is to give people permission slips just to try things. It's like, sometimes we just need someone to say like, yeah, go for it. Just try it. Just try it and see what happens. Um, and also to show them that it's, it's possible to fit writing a book into your life. Even if, even if you have a really busy life, I think a lot of times, I mean, I certainly used to think that, Oh, it's a book. It's this massive thing. And it's going to take, I mean, I, I'm going to have to like take time off work or it's going to take me a year or longer to even write a first draft. And what I found and what I, I help people realize is that that's not the case. It's like, it, it's a big project, but you can work it into it, it's almost kind of like the way I tell people like, uh, and I get that not everybody's into working out, but if, 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 if it's, it's almost like committing to like a new workout schedule or something, it's like, if you can find a few pockets of time every week to do this thing, then you can knock out a draft in a few months. And so I'll, I'll like, you know, sit down with someone and we'll actually look at their calendar and talk through, okay, like when, when can you get writing done? kind of how much, like, let's figure out about how much you can write per hour and then let's make a plan and set a goal date. And usually when we do that, what they see is that it's not even, they've been thinking, oh, if I start writing a book because I have, you know, I have this job as a, as a professor or as a lawyer, or as a doctor, um, or as a stay at home mom with four kids, like they just think I'm never gonna, like, it's going to be years before I finish this. And they look at it and they see like, oh, I could be done by August. Like, that's crazy. Um, so, but that, that require I think the interesting thing about that, like writing quickly is, uh, Sometimes people have to get over that, you know, and I'm, I'm sure this is talked a lot about on your podcast, but like get over that idea of, of perfectionism or like, um, caring too much about it as they go and editing, as they go and revising, it's more just like, they really have to lean into getting in the flow and just letting that first draft come out. No, that's really good. I, you know, there's, is it the Par- Parkinson's law? I forget. It's, you know, if, it's like, if you have, that one. yeah, it's like if you have a 40 yeah. hour week, um, and then all of a sudden your week's 20, 
you know, yeah. you, you tend to get things done quicker. And it's kind of that same thing. If you have a full-time job, yeah. like you have to write in the cracks of your life. Like, yeah. Yeah. An hour yeah. a day, all of a sudden you're going, oh, wow. I didn't realize I could, you know, create this much work. Um, I know. You know, and I think there is, there's a lot of like romanticism with writing. I think there's, you know, just the professional writer who's off in the woods and in the cabin and, you know, uh, where they're, they don't have any responsibilities, but to write, um, th- right. that's, that's how you do it. Right. Um, and yeah. I think, and I think that's actually, you know, probably 90% of writers, that's not the luxury they have, um, no. you know, even good ones that have bestsellers, they work other jobs at times. So, yeah. um, so it's just to kind of like, yeah, like you said, give people permission, uh, to, to do it and to find the time and you'll make the time like for the things you really want to do. And it's, and it's not as unruly as you think it is. Uh, you know, Mm-mm. it's just chipping away each day, you know? Um, and I think for some people, the other thing I talk, I've yeah. talked a lot about on this show is, um, for some people actually having the day job is actually better for them. Um, it takes, sometimes it takes the pressure off the writing. Cause some people just oh, leap cool. and, and go, you know, I'm doing this full time and it's like, well, maybe not yet. Um, or they're just yeah. like, I'm not good with yeah. the silence and solitude all the time. Like if that's all I did, I just, I'd go crazy. Like I need to be with people. I need some other outlets, you yeah. know, um, or uh, someone who's like, doesn't has a total non-creative job. They like that, but they like having that, that kind of outlet to be able to like go home and, and work on their novel or work on their poetry or work on, you know, whatever. Um, sometimes that, that gives them life to kind of get through the the day job as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I hear in your story, I, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting your teacher's name, but she definitely inspired you and kind of gave you that permission slip to say like, Hey, this is important. And, um, creativity matters and here you go, like, go, go for it. Um, and I, I love, it sounds like what you're trying to do is kind of, <laughs> kind of play that forward a little bit and, and say, yeah. Hey, I'm doing the same thing just, you know, many years later, obviously, um, and in a different context. But, um, so, uh, one of the things you talk about, um, and you were, you were starting to talk about just kind of the, you know, in, in a couple of months, you could have a draft, you know, just by kind of having a plan. And I, I find yeah. that that's usually the the problem. And I think you gave me some specific things. It was like 45 minutes a day, five days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd be surprised how much, <laughs> how much work you'll have in front of you. Um, yeah. Now, where did you come up with that? Like specific, was that just from trial and error or just, you know, just kind of giving people like them hearing that going, Oh, that's not that much. I could, I could do that. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's more that it's more just one example because mm-hmm. I think so. So what I'll ask someone to do. So, so if anyone's listening, you're like, how am I going to make this work? I think what you want to do and, and what I'll do with people is actually look, look at the math of it, which I know doesn't sound fun for writers, but it, it's actually, I think it's very calming once you kind of look at the math. Mm-hmm. So if you, a lot of adult uh, like adult literature, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, like an adult book is going to be about 70,000 words or longer, but 70,000 words is a good target, right? So if you're going for about 70,000 words for a first draft, you just want to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to get there? And that's going to depend on how, how quickly you write, like how many, about how many words you write per hour. And if someone has never thought about that, then they're not, they're not going to know, but they can figure it out pretty quickly by just writing for a bit and counting the words. Like how many do I write per hour? This, this is where that kind of like turning off the inner critic is so important. Cause I find, I mean, if, if people are sitting there and they're just like letting their inner critic cause them to delete every other sentence or just stare at a blank screen, then of course they're going to be a lot less productive than if they're like, okay, inner critic, you can, you can come in later and you can clean everything up. But for right now, I'm just going to get the story on paper. Like I'm just going to write the version that I'm hearing in my head. If they can do that, then I find people are people are a lot faster than they expect to be Um, writing anywhere from like uh, 
500 words an hour to like a thousand words an hour. Mm -hmm. And so if you, I mean, and, and so based on however many words you write per hour, you can just sort of find pockets to figure out, well, when am I going to get to 70,000 words? Um, and sometimes, you know, as you were just saying that about like some, for some people having a day job is good because it gives them like, they feel like less pressure. Cause they're like, okay, I'm going to do mm -hmm. this thing outside of my job. It made me think about this um, one writer that I've been working with who, who is a doctor and she, w when she did kind of like come home and try to write her novel at home on her computer, she felt too much pressure. And so she started just writing it on the notes app of her phone. Like when she was just in between things and it made her feel like it wasn't as serious and she was just writing down ideas. And then that allowed her to even like to be writing in even smaller pockets, like in between seeing patients and stuff. Cause she mm -hmm. didn't feel like she had to get out her computer and like make it a whole formal thing. Mm -hmm. And she wrote her entire novel that way. She wrote an entire novel on the notes app of her phone. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just, I love that. I love that example of how, like of, of someone just completely finding what worked for them mm -hmm. and they're not being a right or wrong way to, to like be a, you know, be an author. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be this sort of formal yeah. thing at all process wise. Yeah. I, I think anytime you put pressure on creativity, it never works well. Like it, it, yeah. it could be, you know, financial pressure. Never. It can be time. No. It can be, you know, I'm just the inner critic, right? It's already too hard. So like anything you yeah. can take away and just say, this is fun. This is play. Like, it's not like, we're not carrying cancer. Like it's fine. Like um, yeah. I a guy I interviewed years ago, he's a, written like a million novels. And um, he, he always talks about fun. Every time he writes a blog post about writing, he's like, make sure you have fun. Cause if you oh, don't love that, if yeah. you don't, you're, you're just, again, you're getting too serious with it. You're getting too romantic with it. You're, yeah. you know, we're, we're thinking too highly of ourselves a little bit and then you get kind of locked up, you know? And so it's like, whatever we can do to kind yeah. of free us up to just like you did when you were in seventh grade or when I did, when I was eight years old, you know, typing little things on a typewriter, you know, just yeah. nobody, nobody cared. Nobody was watching me. No publisher was, you know, but it's almost like yes. you have to, you know, do that again. I, there's another guy I interviewed. He said, you know, write as if everybody's dead, you know, <laughs> like in other words, he just was like, <laughs> I he's like, I, I get up and he's been writing for 40 years and he's written, you know, and he's a full-time author and he's been writing great books. And he's just like, I just write like, I don't care what anybody thinks. Like it's for yeah. me. Like I just love it. Like it's just I'm going to tell this weird story, and who cares? <laughs> like you know, God, it's, it's I love that him. so much. Yeah. I love that so much. It also reminds me when you were saying the fun thing. Um, last night, my I have a four year old, and last night I said to him, I just found myself saying to him, "We can't always be silly. Sometimes we have to be serious." And he looked at me like I was crazy, <laughs> and he goes, "Yes, we can." Right. <laughs> and I was like. Okay. I think you might be right. Yeah. Like, I think you're actually the right one in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm the, maybe we don't ever have to be serious. That's right. totally an invention of adults, you know? Yeah. 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 Or I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, the silliness is actually so we can deal with the hard stuff we can deal yeah. with. Like the creativity is the levity that kind of like helps us get through the day, you know, cause yeah. stuff is hard and heavy and, you know, we almost have to laugh at ourselves or the stupid things we do. It's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I love this. And um, I, you know, I, I wanted to, this isn't exactly what you were saying um, about your, you said you're working with a doctor and this just kind of spurred off uh, some thinking. Um, but I was thinking in kind of broader strokes with creativity. Uh, and I have a, uh, a friend of mine who she's a professor and uh, she found her, she was an English professor and um, found herself working with doctors 
actually in creativity. So the point was a lot of their writing is boring. Um, when they deal with patients, they're not really often very empathetic. And so the way in which she was getting after kind of, and she's not trained in medicine at all. Like that's not the point, but hmm. she, she would come in and she would work with these clients and help them build empathy through creativity. So have them write poetry or have them, um, you know, if they're writing down whatever, just kind of tap into some creative outlets. And, and what she found was that actually bedside manner was better um, doing these exercises. And it was hard. Like they just, they're just like, why are we doing this? This is so stupid. And yeah. but I was thinking about the broader like s- strokes of creativity and just what it does to us as humans. Like, I think yeah. there's, there's something like put, you know, publishing books, making money, you know, whatever, whatever our goals are. Um, there's something I think that's important for us as humans, like the creativity yeah. part, like that, if we kind of push that away, we lose something of us. Um, yeah. I think we're, I think we're wired for it. Um, have, yeah. have you, have you thought of that? Maybe that's just too, I'm getting too high in the clouds, but um, just like, you know, the experiences with your, your clients, cause obviously they're doing this with full-time jobs and pressure jobs. It's like, they're making space for it. So there's a reason for that. So, you know, any, any yeah. sto- stories you can think of that just kind of how it's kind of helped them in some way. Oh yeah, totally. Like almost every, every writer I work with, I feel like talks about it this way. And it's interesting to me because I think I, like when I started it as a business, I was thinking, okay, I need to help people reach their publishing goals. Like people are going to come in and want to be published and I need to help them write publishable books and find a way to get published. And I, I do do that and they do want that, but, but when, but it's interesting because every time I ask like, okay, what is your main, what is your main goal in working with me? That's literally never their answer. It's never to be, they're like, that would be nice. But honest, they're like, honestly, I've just had this, I've had this like idea burning in me for so long and I just want to get it out. And I want to just see, you know, see what it is and like experience that. And, and then they feel like that pride, you know, that pride of, of finishing a creative project. Um, there's not like that feeling. There's not much like it. That's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I expressed this, this original thing that was in me. Mm-hmm. And even if I'm self-conscious about it, I know that there was some part of me that really needed to do that and was compelled to do that. And the fact that I just did it feels th- there's a deep satisfaction in that. And I, and then I think too, like, you were saying to for empathy, I think it really being in a community or when people are in a community where they're like being creative together, it does create this kind of, it's such a special kind of energy, you know, where it's like, we're all doing this, we're all doing this thing. And maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense that we're like taking time out to do this. It's not our job. We don't know. It's not going to make us rich probably, you know, like, but but that's what makes it cool in a way, you know, like that, that's what, that, that's a big value of it. I think, I mean, I, I noticed there was a, there was a period during the pandemic when I found that I just wanted to write poetry all the time. And I, when I, and I don't, I'm not trained in writing poetry. I don't read poetry. Like I, it was, a, I, I could list all these reasons why me writing poetry didn't make sense. It's like, you have a, you have a contract to write a book. You should be working on the book. You shouldn't be <laughs> right. Like you're not going to suddenly publish poetry. You'd have to take poetry classes. Are you going to take poetry classes? You don't have time for that. Like, it was just this, you know, but I did it anyway. Cause I was compelled to write. Like I just had these poems that I, that I was, I wanted, or it was the only way that I could, that I really wanted to express the thing that I wanted to express. 
And, um, and it was such a great experience. And I don't, I mean, so, uh, you know, the end of that story is not, and then I published them. Like I didn't, (laughs) I didn't publish them. I, I haven't, uh, I I might've shared them with a few friends, but I still think it was, uh, I don't regret any of that because it was just the process of doing it was fulfilling. No, I think you're, I think you're right. There's, there is this kind of, you know, mysterious mystical thing that doesn't make any logical sense of creativity. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in one sense, right. Cause everyone I talk to, I mean, I've interviewed 300 people. It's like, it, it's never about money. <laughs> I mean, rarely, I mean, rarely is anyone yeah. bold enough to just be like, Nope, it's actually about paying my bill. And it's like, yeah, at this <laughs> right. point, okay. I do need to you know pay my mortgage, but, um, yeah. but it's like, I would do this if nobody looked at it, cared, I've been doing it since I was, you know, 10 and I know when nobody cared. So, um, you probably read, uh, Stephen King's I'm actually looking at my bookshelf over here, but Stephen King's kind of memoir on writing, Mm -hmm. you know, writing book. And he talks about the reason he writes is for the buzz. Like he, he's just very, he's like, has nothing to do. I mean, obviously he's made millions and you know, whatever. Um, but it's always been for the buzz. He's like, you can't explain it. It's just there. And, you know, and I lock myself in a room and I turn on music and I just write these stories. I don't know where they come from. I don't know, you know, what, where it's going to go, but I just, it's just there. And I have to follow that muse and follow that, you know, mysterious thing. So, um, and and that's okay. Like, I think that's, it's sometimes we're just, we live in this culture that's so like, everything has to be a, B and C and analytical and, you know, everything you do have to has to have a a reason and it's usually money. And if you can't get paid, well, I mean, because a lot of our parents too, I mean, depending on we're probably similar you know, ages, at least close. And it's like, yeah, our parents, you know, it's like, well, is it you going to get paid to do that? Why would you do that? Yeah. What a waste of time. You know, it's always, right, right. It's always like, why would you waste your time writing poetry? Um, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So, um, so to segue into that, um, you've kind of hinted at it a little bit. And I think this is a really, this was really fascinating to me. You um, sent a note just talking about one of the things you like to do is uh, if people are familiar with the Enneagram, and, um, is to use that to kind of help people kind of understand who they are and like set writer goals and things like that. And I talk a lot about that. Just kind of know thyself. Like if you're not a morning person, yeah. don't feel like you have to get up at three in the morning. I think there's just really bad advice of like, it's the only way to write is four in the morning. You know, some people are night owls, some people are <laughs> right. introvert, extrovert, some like coffee shops, some like, you know, loud noise, you know, whatever. There's yeah. really no wrong, right or wrong way. I mean, you just told me a story about someone writing it on a phone. Like that's, yeah, know, exactly. I know, I know another guy, he, he, he dictates all his books as he goes on his morning walk with his dog. Like, and he's oh, like that's a best-selling, amazing. yeah, he's a best-selling author. Like he has not written down or typed a thing in like 20 years. Like he's just, it's oh, just crazy. Yeah. So he actually so has someone cool. else do it. He just, he, he dictates it out and the software kind of puts it on the page and they clean it up and then he kind of edits it, but that's it. Who is it? Or yeah. is that a secret? No, it's, um, oh, what's his name? I interviewed him a long time ago. I have to, I have to look it up, but um, Uh, he's like a sci-fi writer and he writes these like massive, you know, 300,000 word things. So, and he's he's just, he's got it down. So, um, oh, with that. So Enneagram, so Enneagram is kind of this, I know you don't really call it a personality test, but it's, it's kind of understanding who you are. There's like a one to nine, you know, number sequence and you kind of fall in one of these. It's, you know, some of them are kind of like, you know, do you live in your head? Do you live in your heart? You know, are you kind of more like, you know, aggressive, not aggressive, you know, and a lot of things have shaped us to be the people who we are. It could be trauma, it could be whatever. Um, But tell us how you kind of use that tool just to help people like set goals and think about, you know, their rhythms as a writer and, and yeah. maybe even the way they're going to write or whatever. Like, how does that, how do you kind of help them do that? Like, what does that look like? 
So I love the Enneagram. I, I've taken a bunch of personality assessments and tests over the years. And this is the one that I took that I, uh, when I, when I started reading about the number that I got, um, I felt like, oh, wow, this is, I felt very exposed. I thought like this, this is the most seen I have ever felt by one of these tests. And I, I just suddenly felt like it opened up these new levels of, of self-understanding just in, like in, literally in five minutes of reading these descriptions. So I, since then I learned a lot more about it um, and it's really helped me understand myself. And so I wanted to bring that into my work with writers because it's really the Enneagram is really about motivation. It's, it's about what drives us to act. So less about kind of what I'll sometimes say is it's less about the, like, the decisions we make or, or our behaviors. I mean, you could be like, you could be any number on the Enneagram and be a teacher or a president or a serial killer, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's about what's motivating you to be a teacher or a president or a serial killer. Um, and so since it's about motivation, I think it's such a helpful tool because creativity, like reaching our creative goals has so much to do with what motivates us, you know? And, and like, like you were saying, I mean, it, it's very, there's so many, there's so many rules out the kind of rules, quote unquote rules out there and ways of where it's like, you need to write every day. A writer writes every day, light a candle, you know, mm -hmm. do this, right, do that. Right. Um, write by hand. I mean, and, and I do write by hand, but I, you know, I know it's not for everybody or, or outline or don't outline. I mean, whatever it is, they're, they're all of these things. And I think what really any of these come back to is like, what, which of these things makes you as a, one as you as in any one person want to sit down and actually write because if you don't want to do it you're not you're not going to do it and why would you you know like it it's supposed to be it's supposed to be joyful and fun and and you're supposed to want to do it so so that's how we use it um i'll just like there are a bunch of if if anyone ever want there's so many there are free enneagram tests online there's even a two question one it just takes two minutes it's actually a pretty good one um, if you just google two question enneagram test it comes up but um but like these Enneagram tests online, you can just take a short one and read about, about, you know, your number, like you said, it's one through nine and learn about your motivation. Um, and that can really help you identify like what kinds of, what kinds of writing practices and goals might work for me or, or, or on the contrary, like you'd realize like, oh, this is why this kind of goal doesn't work for me. Like the, this is why I found this too confining, um, I've never liked like, like the, the adage that the, that a writer needs to write every day always made me feel terrible because I don't write every day. <laughs> um, sometimes I want to write every day and sometimes I do. And then other, then I'll go months without writing every day, but it was so nice when I, I think I finally heard Cheryl Strayed on a podcast saying she doesn't write every day. And I, I felt so relieved because I, you know, I thought, okay, well, if Cheryl Strayed doesn't write every day and is a writer, then I don't need to write every day. Um, but it's that like, are you someone who, uh, who thrives on word counts or does word count shut you down? You know, and if, and if word count shuts yep. you down, then use something else, you know, be like, I'm going to write one scene a day, or I'm going to write, I'm going to hand write a couple of pages a day, or I'm going to write just until I feel like stopping, you know, like they're just, there's so many, there's no right way. And I think, um, yeah, the Enneagram I like what you said. Like the, the key is like, know thyself. So you can figure like, trust yourself too. trust mm -hmm. yourself to figure out what works for you. And the Enneagram is just one tool to help people do oh. that, that I really like a tool that I really like. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I like that. You're trying to get underneath kind of the, 
I just call them superficial. I mean, they're all superficial laws. It's like, oh, right every day or have a yeah. word count or, I mean, I've, I talk about these things too, so I'm not, you know, practice what I preach, but, um, yeah. but, but yeah, for some people that just doesn't work. Right. And, and, and then you feel guilty or you feel, or you look at the word count and you're like, oh my gosh, I've written 800 words in two months. Like wh- why, why not give up? <laughs> um, but the Enneagram, you know, it's interesting, like, and I'm no expert, you probably know way more than I do. Uh, but I know like some of it is, you know, are you more, do you more live in your head or do you more live kind of in your heart? And, and people yeah. that live in their head tend to be more perfectionist. So it's, uh, it's kind of that I'm always analyzing. I'm always thinking before I kind of do. And sometimes yeah. that can kind of, kind of, if you know that about yourself, it can kind of freeze you, freeze you up actually. Um, freeze, freezes you. I'm not saying that in a negative sense, not free you, but freezes us where we're yeah. just like, we, it's gotta be perfect. I can't share it with anybody. I can't, you know, so it's like a lot of people struggle with that, that kind of perfectionist tendency. So sometimes, yeah, some things like Enneagram can kind of help you realize like, that's probably why I'm not writing as much as I'd like to. It's because yeah. I'm too, I'm too scared of the back end of having to show this to somebody or perfection or, you know, whatever, Right. which isn't even yeah. true. Like, it's probably great, but you're just telling yourself, this is the worst thing ever because we all do that. Like we all, yeah. cause we're too close to it. We're always think it's the worst thing ever. Um, yeah. but yeah, any tools that we can, can kind of help in the motivation department. And again, I don't think that's talked about a lot uh, enough, I should say, um, because if it was just, you know, word counts, like you said, Hey, 70,000 word novel about 45 days. If you wrote, you know, 1600 words a day, 45 days, you'd have a, a, a draft. Um, yeah. like in my head, I go, Oh, that's easy. But then right. for some reason, why don't we do it? Like, what, you know, what's the fear right. behind it? What's the, am I going to be, you know, the publishing police is going to show up on my doorstep and take my children. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the stuff we do, right? I um, know. What if my parents knew I was writing this novel in my basement before work, they'd think I'm such a failure, you know, or yeah. like such a, a kid, you know, or whatever. Um, there's all yeah. kinds of weird stuff that happens, right? Um, yeah. So, no, I love that. I think that's really smart. And uh, I, I imagine you've probably helped a lot of folks kind of with their goals and their motivations and kind of getting that next step. Um, so one other thing, um, I think you had, you had sent me something too, that you maybe along these same lines is this question of, and I think every writer or even creative person, like whatever you're kind of building, making, you know, project you're working on is what if the thing I'm doing feels like it, it isn't the thing I should be doing. <laughs> In other mm-hmm. words, I start writing this thing and it's like, I, I don't know. Is it supposed to be a memoir? Is it supposed to be fiction? Is it supposed to be, or maybe the subject just isn't, you know, resonating. I think you, you talk a little bit about that, like how you kind of help and coach people to kind of figure out like, is this the lane I should be going in or not? Because again, I think this comes back to advice. Like it's what's low hanging fruit, what's popular. Let's just write that, you know, maybe it's romance, maybe it's, you know, sci-fi, maybe it's whatever. And then you start writing and you're like, I hate this. Like, I I don't want to, you hinted earlier, like just being freed up to write the book you really wanted to write, you know, whatever that that looked. Um, But does that make sense? Like what, like, I think that that's kind of some of the work you're trying to do is like, what, how do you, what's the kind of rubric to go? Like, is this where I should be or not? And Maybe I'm, you know, if I'm not excited about it, maybe that's telling me something. I don't know. How, how do you yeah. know? So I, I actually find when I ask people, if, if someone's really struggling between ideas or trying to figure out what they should write, I think like often when I say, okay, what are you actually really excited to write? They don't really waffle on that. Like they usually have like a pretty clear answer of the thing they're excited to write. They just need to give themselves permission to write it because there's something else that they think they should be doing instead. And it's usually because like, oh, but I've heard this genre sells better or like, or I've, or, you know, or I, 
uh, in my MFA program, everybody else was writing literary fiction. And I feel like I should write literary fiction because that is what's going to win me prizes and maybe, and I want to impress my peers or like, you know, there's just this sense of like, but I'm supposed to be writing this and not that. Um, but they're like, but you know, I mean, I'm really, you know, but they're like, but I'm not really, I don't really want to write the literary fiction novel. I really want to write this romance novel that just seems fun. And it's Mm -hmm. like, what if you just let yourself write the romance novel that seems fun? And then it just comes pouring out because they're like having fun. And it's like, oh, that's what I wanted to write all along without thinking, like trying to think of like, what is the world going to be impressed by, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, and I, I just say anybody that's listening, uh, that, chasing markets is the worst thing you can do um, because the markets change so fast. Genres change, yeah. what's hot changes. And then you're going to just be sad because you wrote some book you don't really love. And, you know, because yeah. it's like, that's what's hot. That's what's, you know, I mean, I just see people right. doing it all the time. And, um, and, you know, and I think there's, there's some wisdom in that. It's like, I, what I've heard through you talking through this whole interview is like that, that I, that word of permission, it's just like giving people permission to, you don't have to do that. You, yeah. you, can, you can do this. Like, it's totally fine. Like, again, I, I don't know where it's probably because we're all broken and, you know, neurotic, you know, but where those voices come in to tell <laughs> us like, you can't do right. that. You're not allowed to do that. You know, yeah. like, you know, and then we go, okay, I know I should be doing this and do the responsible right. thing and you know all that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's important. And, and I think there is something like, you're going to end up writing really what you're, you're jazzed about, what you're excited about, what you're, it's just kind of compelled to do like, it's just there. Like I think, cause sometimes we, you know, I talked to a lot of writers too, that are like, you know, what's, how do I know what the next idea is or what the next book is? And usually it's just a matter of just start, you just start writing it and it takes you where yeah. you, you need to go or you start outlining it and go, Oh, this is what it's supposed to be. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess the fun of it too is don't get so locked into, it's gotta be this. It's gotta look like this. Cause I mean, every book I've written, it's, it started over here and then ended over here. And oh my gosh, it's nothing, always. it's nothing yeah. like it was, the outline was no. almost a joke. Like if I look at it, I'm like, oh, that's not even the book. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, yeah, you're dirt- like, who are these characters? I don't even know who these characters right. are. Like, <laughs> yeah. And the, and the dirty secret too. I mean, you've worked with publishers too. And it's like, you know, you send them an outline. And it's like, it's never the same. I mean, they, yeah. I mean, they don't care. It's like, okay. You know, it's <laughs> exactly maybe it's in the ballpark. Maybe it's not. Um, yeah. Well, Mary, this has been, uh, so good. And, um, I, I really uh, appreciated just hearing your story and the people you're helping and the ways you think about things. I think it's just really helpful for, um, for writers and anyone that's in kind of creative fields in any genre. Um, because it's a lot of the same things. It's a lot of about motivation. It's a lot about what we've talked about permission. Uh, and even sometimes just giving yourself permission, like give myself permission to, you know, spend an hour a day writing something, um, you know, I always talk about the calendar, you know, it's like what we put everything else on the calendar, every meeting, but how come writing and creativity yes. never makes it to the calendar? You know, it's Amen. like, it's almost yes. like, yeah, it's like, it's sad. Like w- w- that can't be a sacred space. Like, I mean, I do that with everything else in my life, you know? I know. So giving yourself permission to do that is I think great. Um, and important. Um, so what, what's next for you? I know you're writing novels. I know you're coaching, uh, writers and trying to help them get published, but yeah. What do you, what are you working on? And then also like, where can people find you and, and uh, yeah. get connected and learn more about what you're doing? Um, well, right now I'm, I'm at the early stages of, of working on a memoir. So this is a, uh, this is nonfiction is new for me. And I'm in the, fu- I'm in the part of just like, it's pouring, kind of pouring out messy and I'm leaning into that. Um, so that's fun. And people can find me at, I, I run a program called the book incubator. So they could go to the book incubator.com and learn Fantastic. more about that program if they want. Well, yeah, I checked that out. It looks great. 
And uh, yeah, I know you're helping a lot of people and um, I'm glad there's people like Mary's in the world. So uh, Mary is so great having you on the show and, uh, and sharing your wisdom with us. And I know you help a lot of people today. So thanks for coming on. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. It was fun. Well, there you have it. Writers, creators, creatives, publishers, entrepreneurs, curious folk. Mary Adkins. Loved, loved, loved my conversation, my time with Mary Adkins. Go check out her website. It is all in the show notes. If you want to work with her, if you want to see what she's cooking up, what she's doing, you'll love what she offers. And so thank you, Mary, for coming on the show. Uh, Go check out all her books, all her offerings, all her services. And again, I I want to circle back around to earlier what I said at the beginning of the show. Because I just love that idea of knowing who you are, knowing yourself. I think everybody thinks writing, creativity, building something, we all have to be the certain kind of person. And I don't think social media helps that because I think there's certain kinds of people that do well in certain kinds of platforms, mainly because of personality. And we think, well, that's what I have to be. I have to be the extroverted, outgoing, super, you know, uh, geeky or, or super structured or, you know, the, where's a place for me? And, and Mary tries to help you understand and help us understand that we're all wired differently and that, um, regardless of how we are, regardless of where we've been, regardless of our personality, there's there's a way in which we can tap into that to do our best work. So don't let that be a deterrent. All right? All right. Well, hey, it was great being with you again. I feel refreshed. I feel alive just hearing this, this conversation, being part of this conversation, going on vacation. Maybe you need to rest. Summer's coming to an end. Get that rest in so that you can do some of your best work. And, and hey, before I go, as I, I typically say, hey, leave a rating or review on iTunes. If you found this episode helpful, share it with a friend. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to get our show out into the world. And so hopefully uh, you can share that and hopefully you found this helpful. Um, also, go check out the free resources on the website, ryanjpelton.com. There's some other cool stuff. And there is rumors that there may be some merch available. Some first and only the prolific creator podcast merch perhaps some t-shirts perhaps some stickers perhaps some other things so go check that out that should be live very very soon another way to support the show so hope you're all doing well before i go i got one more thing i need to tell you go make some great art with your life and i will talk to you real real soon